Hello, friends, and welcome to Spilled Milk, a mom cast. This is Keisha Janes. Did you miss me? You guys, it's been five freaking months since I've last been on here. I can't even believe it. You know, I don't even know exactly what the excuse is. I feel like I was waiting for my microphone for a long time. I feel like it was difficult for me to actually get in touch with people to get on um, to record. And now I am just going to do a solo podcast right now today because I'm like, you know what? I'm freaking done waiting. I need to get a podcast out there. Um, it's been requested that people hear the birth story. So here we go. Today is December 18th of 2020. Where the fuck did the year go? You guys, I don't even know, but that's not the point. The point is, is that we have a brand new baby in the house and she is just very precious. Um, we're very excited for my little weasel. (laughs) Maybe that'll be her nickname for the podcast. Um, You know, in the beginning when I started this, I really didn't want to have my kids' names or pictures be a part of the social media or a part of the podcast and my blog. And I've pretty much kept everything off at this point in time. But, you know, I'm thinking, who knows, maybe it'll turn into something different and maybe it won't. But the point is, is that the little baby is here and she is a she and she is just absolutely wonderful. So I am so super excited just to be able to, you know, change up uh, the gender of our children and be... um you know, have a little girl of our own. It was, it was just such a special story and I'm excited to share it with you guys today. So, uh, just to start things off, kind of catch you up on what's been going on in our lives. We have been just writing out, um, 2020, the year of complete fucking chaos. I mean, has it not just been chaotic or is it just me? So anyway, Um, went through fall. We had Moose's birthday. He has now turned two, which is insane. He is literally, you guys, the size of a three-year-old, um, probably almost bigger than some three-year-olds out there, most three-year-olds out there. Um, but, uh, he's, he's big. So that's been fun is just having a second toddler in my house. And by fun, I mean fun like cleaning a cat box fun. It's really not fun. It's just part of it, right? (laughs) So, and then uh, Goose is going to be turning four here in just a few weeks. So two toddlers in the house and we have a newborn. Send freaking help, you guys. Or just cases of wine, bags of weed, whatever you can do, send help in. I'm just kidding. We have plenty of both of those. No, but for real, the, the the point is, is that it really is amazing. This is the hardest work I've done yet, um, mostly mentally. I feel like it's been a challenge with the older boys, you know, the guilt that you feel when you become a mom of two and you're like, oh my God, is there going to be enough love for this second baby? Um, And everyone's like, yeah, of course there is, you know, and then it's nice because your, your newborn is small and little and just, they don't do anything except for just laying your arms. Like right now, the weasel's just sitting here, totally passed out in my arms. But as soon as I put her down, she will wake up, right? Um, And then when you get to baby number three, you're like, well, of course there's going to be enough love, right? But will I have enough energy? Will I have enough uh, patience, you know, what, what are the things that now I'm wondering if I have enough of for this extra little person? So, 
Um, it's absolutely been a challenge, but it's absolutely been a joy as well. I think that some of the most I've laughed um, in quite a long time has been in the last month since baby has been here. Sorry for the extra baby noises in the background. Um, I know this is an awesome new microphone picking up lots of extra baby noises for your listening pleasure. So you're welcome. But uh, it's been interesting because, you know, there's been a couple times with Goose where, you know, he he loves his sister like so freaking much. Like it, it, most of the time it's like, get off the baby, be gentle with the baby, get off the baby, be gentle with the baby. And it's, I know that, you know, I'm not alone in this, but you're just like, oh my gosh. And we're kind of waiting for that new baby feeling to wear off for him. So that way maybe he isn't so enticed with her, but I'm not, you know, opposed to him liking his sister. So there could be worse things, right? He could be rejecting the baby at this point, I guess. So anyway, that's just a couple of thoughts about the last month. Um, my husband has been absolutely incredible. This has been fun. This third time around in the sense of like, he's really super involved as far as helping out with the boys. Um, I mean, and not just, I don't want to say helping. I, I, you know, that's kind of fucked up. You know, when we sit there and we go, oh, the husband is helping. What are you talking about? They're more than helping. They're just doing, you know, and I think that's what a household should actually look like. So Jesse has been doing a lot of doing for us, which has been just really great. So um, cooking, cleaning, it's been awesome. And uh, the friend support that we've had, the, f- the family support that we've had has been awesome too. So it's been a, an exciting month and she's officially one month old now. So anyway, um, here we go. Let's dive into the story of, of giving birth to this wonderful little nugget. So um, I was 39 weeks. Well, excuse me. I was actually 30 eight weeks, six days. And I went in for a checkup and my midwife, um, I had asked if she would do a membrane sweep for me that day. Cause I was done being pregnant, right? Like I'm totally freaking completely done being pregnant. So I had asked for a membrane sweep and she said, well, you know, we typically don't do them until 39 weeks. And I was like, well, I'm like 12 hours off of that. So I'm sure you can make some kind of an exception for the rule, you know, for this rule. And she's like, well, all right, well, let's just check and see. So at this practice, they had told me that they wouldn't necessarily check how you were dilated until unless you wanted to be checked, right? So I made a request to be checked. It was pretty much my 39-week checkup. I'm freaking done, you know, like I my body literally feels like it's falling apart at this point. My ab separation with this baby was the worst of the three. Um, and as far as it just being so uncomfortable, like just everything felt super uncomfortable. Um, literally felt like my guts were just about to fall out any second. So, um, so she checked me and I was maybe a one. And so I'm like, well, that sucks even more. So we agreed together to not do a membrane sweep. We just thought, you know what, we kind of, you know, want to let baby pick the due date, but obviously baby's nowhere near really ready. And if I was a little bit further along, I would have probably felt fine about asking for that membrane sweep. With Moose, now I did go in on my 39 week checkup and she did do, or I guess it was like right shy of my 40 week checkup, but she did do a membrane sweep on me on that 
visit. So, um, so anyway, so I leave that day. And by the way, this is probably where I should insert that at that visit, I think it was that visit. Maybe it was the visit before. I'm trying to remember, but she had, I had asked, am I going to need to get a COVID test in order to go in and, and birth this baby? And she said, well, you know, we're just strongly recommending that you get tested. And, and I get it, you guys. And I'm not here to have a conversation about getting tested, not getting tested, protecting yourself, wearing masks, the vaccination, all of that bullshit, right? Well, all I'm saying right now is I pretty much don't go anywhere at all with my my little kids and myself. And of course, I'm trying to keep myself healthy. But I thought, all right, well, if I don't get this test, it's going to be marked on my file that I did not take the test. And I just don't want to be like looked down on by the nurses, by the providers, as someone who did not take the test, you know, and so I'm like, all right, whatever, fine, I'll do it. So she said, you can either do it, you know, ahead of time, like up to two weeks before, or you can, and then you can, you know, quarantine until you actually go and give birth, or you can wait and test when you get into the hospital. And she said it wasn't necessarily going to be like, um, getting tested while I was in labor. Cause I was like, that's not going to fly. Like, I'm not going to be down with that. And I can just tell you that right now. So, um, so I opted to go in for a test that day and you know, I, I don't know as fucked up as this may be. And, and maybe someone out there can, can relate with this, but even though I agreed to it, it didn't feel like my choice. Okay. Um, even though I knew it was what was expected of me, it was not something I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, I'm really not trying to get too low on this and, and to piss anyone else off. But, you know, I have had sexual abuse in my own personal life. And this felt the same kind of icky that sexual abuse feels like, right? Like, you or that feeling when you when you sleep with a guy and you don't want to but you do because it feels like it's expected of you or or a kiss or a hand holding or whatever it might be um and if it leaves you feeling super icky at the end and and that's exactly what had happened so um i was sitting in my car waiting in line there was like seven cars ahead of me and every test was like 5 minutes long so I was there for like 35 minutes, just trying not to psych myself out, but just, it was really a very stressful situation in my opinion is what it felt like. And so, um, I get up and the gal's being nice. I'm really trying not to be a bitch to her, right? Like she didn't pick her job. Like she did not pick the apocalypse happening or COVID. Like she's just in her position that she's in, right? She's trying to make me feel better, trying to crack a couple jokes. She compliments my fingernail polish, which I would just almost wanted to be like, please don't talk to me. Like, let's just just get this over with, right? Like, I don't know. It's just, again, it all felt so icky and so familiar in the worst way. Um... So anyway, so I got the test. I literally cried for like the next hour, the rest of the night on and off. I just, I felt terrible about it. I just, I hated it. But my test was negative. So at least I had that going for me. Um, so then at my next appointment, at my 40-week checkup, we, um, 
I went in and I was like, I want this baby out. And so we agreed that she was going to check me. Um, I was at a three, I want to say I was. Yeah. And I was like, cool, let's do this. So she did a membrane sweep and it was so uncomfortable. You guys, it was like that moment where I was like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? And by the way, I want the epidural because if this is how uncomfortable just the membrane sweep is, I need the epidural before this baby, like before this baby comes out. So, so she does the sweep. I'm excited. I ask her, you know, about how long does it take until, um, until this works, you know, that it could put me into labor. And she goes, well, it's not guaranteed to work, but if it does put you into labor, it's going to be, you know, anywhere between 12 to 48 hours ish. So I was super excited about that. Um, went home on my merry little way and was definitely contracting regularly. So the boys have been going over to my mother-in-law's um, on Sunday nights, which has just been really nice. Then on Mondays, I get my doctor's appointments or whatever done around the house. Um, at the end, you know, of course, there was checkups every single week. So um, we, I went and picked up the boys and they... Um, you know what? I'm going to take a quick little break here just to, uh, tend to the baby. So hold on. All right. Welcome back to spilled milk. There was no commercial. (laughs) Anyway, she's doing much better now. So here we go. So I, uh, get home. I've just picked up the, well, I actually didn't pick up my boys. I went over to go pick them up and the contractions were feeling enough that I knew I could not handle, um, picking up my boys. So I asked that they keep them until Jesse got done with work. So that way he could pick them up from work and I could go home and kind of just relax and tie my contractions or just kind of be ready for baby. So Jesse brought home the boys And as soon as they got home, I was like, why did we bring them home? I'm pretty much going into labor. So I called my in-laws and said, is there any way that we could bring the boys back over to your house and have them spend the night again, just in case we end up going to the hospital? So with that being off the table and knowing that I wasn't going to have to wake up the boys in the middle of the night, I felt a lot better. I timed my contractions. They were about 20 minutes apart for the rest of the evening. Um, and I slept hard that night, you guys. I mean, I'm talking like in the in the months before I delivered, I was sleeping like junk, like absolute junk. But when I woke up in the morning, I was feeling refreshed. I felt like I had enough sleep the night before. Everything was fine. This night was totally different, though. I got the same amount of sleep. However, when I woke up in the morning, I felt like I got hit by a train. I was completely exhausted. I was still contracting about every 20 minutes, but it really hadn't gotten any more extreme. So the night before, I had called the birthing center and talked to the midwife, just kind of touch base with her. So the next morning, they called me, and I was super excited because I was like, yay, what does this mean? You know, are they just calling to check up or maybe they can, you know, fit me in. They had told me the night before that if I hadn't gone into labor on my own, that I could decide what I wanted to do. If I wanted to get induced or what was going to happen, I could make the next call. So Tuesday morning, I'm getting ready for the day and the midwife calls and says, how are you feeling? Would you like to come in today? At which I was like, oh my God, is this actually happening now? Because that's crazy to think about. So we were able to 
organized to go in that day. So I called my husband at work, agreed that he would come home at noon because you guys know, you know me, here's the deal. I wanted to get a chance to actually like get my house the rest of the way cleaned. Like I actually like washed my sheets on my bed and made my bed and like finished my laundry and finished all the cleaning and buckled up the house as if we were going on vacation for a couple days because I knew we were going away to the hospital for at least a couple of days. So he met me at home and at this point I was contracting more regularly or at least it was like a more regular pain of, of, of a, a more intense pain, I guess is what I should say. So he gets home and we're like, all right, let's get out the door. And by the time that we got into the hospital, I was in a, a good amount of discomfort at that point in time. So, um, the nurse showed me one of two rooms that I could choose from. And I chose a room. I was like, I don't care where I set up shop here. So we got there and agreed that we were going to hook me up to a monitor and put me on the monitor for about 20 minutes, check and see where I was at after that with my dilation and go from there. So they hook me up. I'm having, I'll have contractions back to back. So that's pretty much what I've figured out after three births now. What my body does is it will contract back to back like two or three contractions without a break. Um, and then I'll get a little tiny bit of a break and then they'll go straight back into contracting. So this was happening and we had talked about, well, what's going to happen at the end of this monitoring period? We can either wait it out or we can break my water. So she gets done with this monitoring and, you know, we're joking around, we're having fun, but I'm like definitely getting anxious. Just like, this is uncomfortable. Like I... I just really wanted to get hooked up. Guys, hook up my freaking epidural. Put me out of my misery. I don't want a fucking gold star this time. I don't want to go so quickly that I don't have time for this epidural. Well, here goes. So she checks me. She says, I'm still at a three. I say, while you're in there, break my water, which she does. She breaks my water and um, almost, you know, within 20 minutes, the contractions start to really pick up. Um, I'm like, I'm in pain. I wanted my epidural now. And they said, well, would you like to take a hot shower and see if that helps out with the pain? And I'm thinking like, is no one hearing me right now? Because what I want is the drugs. Give me an epidural, please. So I'm like, fine, fuck it. Give me the shower. So we get in the shower, turn on the hot water. It, it definitely helps. The contractions are a little bit less. I can start to like talk a little bit more in between contractions. By this time, I also had my husband order me lunch because I was starving. Um, I've heard that the food at this special at this particular hospital was especially amazing. So I was like, I want a salad with ranch on the side. I want French fries and I want chocolate pudding. And he's like, well, do you want anything on the salad? I'm like, order the fucking salad. So finally he gets the food ordered. It got there while I was in the shower. He brought it into the bathroom, you guys. I mean, come on now. Are you kidding me? So he brings it into the bathroom and he brings me a couple of French fries with ranch on it and like starts to like feed me. I get like three bites of food in and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I've got a little bit of strength back now that I've eaten. And then I'm like, okay, this is getting intense. So he comes at me with another bite of food to which I'm like, go away. Don't just stop. No. And he's like, okay, sorry, sorry. And then I was like, get it out of the bathroom. It smells terrible. And he's like, okay, here we go. You know, this is like labor starting, you know? And so 
then I'm like, I want the epidural until she's like, well, we've got your bathtub all ready for you. So they draw me a bath. It was beautiful. It was actually not as hot as the water in the shower. So it was kind of a letdown. But I had made this labor playlist and we were playing it and we were going through the songs and it was it was great. Well, all of a sudden, and we were like joking, and then all of a sudden it was like, no, baby's coming. Like literally baby is like on its way. Like all of a sudden I'm like, get me out of this freaking bathtub. I need this baby out of me. Like give me the epidural. What do we need to do? So my wet little body, well, not little, but my wet pregnant body needed to get dried off so I didn't slip on the freaking floor on my way back to my room because the tub is not in my room, okay? So I'm going over and I'm like literally having to stop every few feet just to have a contraction. And I'm like, I just knew in the back of my brain they weren't going to give me an epidural. I felt pretty pissed off also at that point in time. And I'm like, you guys, this really fucking hurts. Like, I want this epidural. So the midwife is there. She's like, all right, let's get her set up for this epidural. I'm like... Okay, so picture this, or maybe don't picture it, but I'll just describe the birthing position that I felt was best on this baby. Now, I don't know if you've heard the birth story on number two, um, but there was not a lot of time for number two to come out. And so I was, you know, kind of walking around this hospital room, but what I had found that I liked the best was leaning over on to the bed while standing. So they like jacked the bed way up in the air. And then I was like leaning over um, while standing and they were trying to put an epidural in. I'm getting a contraction. The epidural, the needle's just like popping out, like nothing's sticking because of these contractions at this point in time. So then I'm like, the, the midwife checks me and she's like, you're at a six. To which I'm like, literally just like, you guys, I can't do this to a 10. Like, there's no freaking way. And at that point, my body started to involuntarily contract. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, you guys, this really, really hurts. Which is pretty much my mantra when I'm forced to be in labor without an epidural. And there's a lot more expletives that go into that as well. But they're like, we know you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. And I mean, you guys, I am like not even trying to be strong at this point. I'm looking at Jesse begging him to just make this all stop. Just please do something to make all of this stop. So anyway, the midwife says, all right, if you need to push, push. And I said, great. So two pushes later, we went from a six to having a baby out. And I was like, oh my God. So I've got the midwife on my right side of me, the bed in front of me, and then my husband to the left, to which I say, Jesse, what is it? Because that it's kind of crazy. I've got, I had a dream when I was pregnant um, that something very similar to that happened. And I'm like, Jesse, what is it? And he's like, I don't know, I can't see. And so the midwife was, you know, kind of catching this baby and I grabbed the baby up and I pull her legs apart and I said, it's a girl. And it was just such a sweet moment. You guys, this was just like completely in shock, completely in shock. I just, you know, I think I I really think that what happened was at this point, I had really psyched myself up for not wanting a girl. I, I, 
you know, I, I didn't have the greatest relationship with my mom when I was growing up. We have a great relationship now. But there's so much pressure for there to be this perfect mother-daughter relationship. And I know that my mom had her mom also with their own dynamics. So I thought, you know what? Well, maybe if we do only have boys, we'll break this mother-daughter cycle and kind of just start afresh with just raising men to go into this world, right? But God had other plans. So I've always heard that your mother's revenge is is you having a daughter. <laughs> so we will see what happens with this little one. But we're so excited. We're over the moon. Um, after she came out, I ended up getting in bed and they kept her on for actually a long time with the umbilical cord not cut yet. So um, she stayed like that for a little bit. And I look up at my husband, you guys, and he's got tears in his eyes and you know, the birth of both of our boys was definitely moving, but I never saw him crying at least. And to see him crying was just like, just amazing just to see that this baby really was like the last missing piece of our family. And it was finally complete. So just so super cool. So that's our birth story. Um, we kind of did something cool where we didn't want to share what the gender was or the name until, you know, we were ready. You know, my joke was like, we kind of got into this without people knowing right away. You know, it's not like you get done screwing and you're like, okay, guys, let's see if it sticks. We may have just conceived a baby. No, of course not. You know, and so it's like, well, why don't we just have a little bit of private time? This is our third. Let's just, let's just soak this in for a few more minutes. So it was kind of fun on social media. I posted on my story, a picture of a foot and I just put, damn, that hurt. And, uh, I think I also posted some fingers. Um, and then the next day we posted the video, which was awesome. So my in-laws had taken a video of the boys. So we also had asked ourselves, well, I asked myself, I should say, who's the first person that I actually want to tell about this baby to? And I wanted it to be her brothers. And so we had decided we were going to call them and let them know what the gender was very first. And so it was super cool. They got the video put up on their TV at home. Um, and then my mother-in-law had a different phone recording their reaction. And it is just so, so special. Um, if you're friends with me on my personal social media, you have access to that video. But it was just so exciting to see Goose and Moose just both so excited that they had a little baby sister. So just a very, very special moment. Um, I could have gotten out of the hospital after the first night, but I decided to stay for two. Um, you know, why not? Why go home to the craziness of two kids quicker than you need to? So I decided I wanted to do that. And um so we stayed, I stayed for a second night. Jesse actually went home so he could take the boys home. And it was actually really cold as well. So we needed to start a fire in our fireplace and make sure that the house didn't get too cold. Um, so it was nice. It was just me and the baby alone in the hospital that night, which was actually probably one of the worst ideas. Um, I didn't get a lot of sleep that night just because there was no second set of eyes. There was no, you know, it was just me. Um, and they're pretty strict in the hospital about not letting you co-sleep. And so I knew that I was like breaking the rules by co-sleeping with her. But I don't sleep with my baby in a bassinet, especially she was like, they said that she came so fast that she was like coughing up a bunch of mucus. Um, 
So every now and then she'd like start choking and I was like, oh my God, you know, and so I was just really nervous about that as well. And I didn't, you know, just as a new mom, you just got to do what you got to do. But it was a, it was a quick birth. Um, super pissed off that I didn't get an epidural. I mean, you guys, seriously, this is like ridiculous at this point in time. If you have this on your plan, please make sure that you tell your nurses, like, I don't want to like try to be tough. Like, I just want my freaking epidural. Now, if you want to try and be tough and, 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 and go for no epidural, go for it. Absolutely. But my birth plan, I pretty much walked in knowing I wanted an epidural and, I'm really not complaining about a single person. I think that's probably just what they try to do is just really try to empower you to, you can do this. But it was like, no, I did not want to do that. I didn't want to. And it hurt. It really hurt. So the recovery afterwards has been interesting. The first week was very, very hard. Um, Like I said, my ab separation was pretty, in my opinion, severe, and it felt like my guts were literally falling out. It felt like if I coughed too hard, I was going to have a hernia. Um, So I had to take it easier than I've ever taken it after giving birth. Um, After I had number two, it felt like it was not too bad as far as the recovery, Um, you know, but this one was really hard. Nursing came very quickly and easy. It was very easy to get a latch on her. Um, or I should say on me for her, but it was, it was pretty simple, but it was just my own personal everything. And then the other thing that they don't tell you about as much is your pain that you're in when you breastfeed after you have your baby and that it gets worse with more babies that you have. So it's like literally a contraction all on its own. You're like sitting there. I shared this on my story, I think a while ago, someone on Instagram made the funniest video about this, but it's so fucking true. It's like, you're sitting there and you're nursing and those hormones are kicking in. So that way your uterus can contract back down. Oh my God, you guys, the contractions were so severe. I started to throw up. And I was like, this is absolutely not working for me. I mean, I I can show a brave face, but the minute I start puking from my pain, no go. So I called the nurse, told them what was going on. Um, They called the midwife and she prescribed allotted. So it was very good. It took off the edge for like the first six hours. It was still quite the amount of pain, but then we doubled up with, you know, ibuprofen and Tylenol along with it. And then by the second day, I didn't want to take the Dilaudid anymore only because the last thing I ever want to seem like to anyone is a freaking addict. Um, and while the Dilaudid did work, I was trying to, you know, wean down to just Tylenol and ibuprofen. So did that through the rest of the stay at the hospital. And then at home, I continued that as well. Um, and tried to just really stay on top of that. Whereas with the boys, I didn't really do that much Tylenol and ibuprofen. I mean, I did, but I didn't. Um, and, uh, yeah. So then my husband was home for the full week after that, which was Thanksgiving. So it was really cool. Um, 
I had just, you know, the thing that I wanted was like five full days of him being at home with me and the boys and just really helping out. And that was just a a week of bliss. It really was just amazing. So, um, and then after that, we've had help with family and friends. And now we're on to a full schedule of just me with the three kids on our own during the day while daddy is at work. And it's, and it's not going too bad, you guys. Um, is it absolute fucking chaos? Yes. But for some reason at 2.40 in the afternoon, 1.40 in the afternoon, excuse me, I'm able to record this podcast. So there, there's, there's enough going on right that there's there's some of my own stuff happening here. So um, I have decided to go back onto my Zoloft sertraline prescription. Um, the postpartum depression is is feeling different than what maybe I thought in my brain it was going to feel. It definitely feels like a disconnected feeling for me. But, you know, the other part is I just don't have patience for anyone else in my family, for my kids, for my husband. And I want to be a better person. I want to show up def- like differently than than I have been showing up. Um, and of course, it's the middle of winter. It's literally like 10 degrees out today. But it's just trying to work on finding the tools that work. You know, I've, I've joked, but I'm totally serious at this point in time, like TV, I'm not too good for TV. And I, in fact, I put it on often. It's, it's a reward. It's my bait. It's my everything. So, um, the four-year-old is back to napping. Hello. Can I get a hallelujah for that, by the way? Cause that's amazing in my opinion. Um, the four-year-old napping and, uh, I put him in my bed while the two-year-old naps downstairs. I say four-year-old and he's like, not even four yet, you guys. So whatever for rounding up. Um, but he's been sleeping in my bed for a while. We were like letting him watch a show and he would like stay awake or if he fell asleep, he'd like freak out and be like, oh my God, why did I fall asleep? You know? So now it's like, nope, we're, you're just gonna sleep. And so if you fall asleep, if you take a nap, you get to watch a show afterwards. So during this podcast, um, which now that I have my microphone, I can actually pause my recording and come back like a real human being, not a savage. And uh, it's it's pretty great. So um, we've actually been outside to play the last two days, which is awesome for it being as freaking cold as it has been, as well as as much snow. But my goal is to get the kids outside in the morning just to, you know, get some fresh air in everyone's lungs. Um, just strap the baby on. Holy crap. I never did that with number two. I wouldn't go outside unless he was like down for his nap. Now, granted, he was older during the winter time, you know, and um, when it was a little bit more difficult to get outside. So I did leave him inside during nap time and just kind of like run back and forth. But with this one, I'm just strapping her on and we're going for it. So it's uh it's going pretty good. But you guys, I am also just really excited. I just want to highlight right now how excited I am about spilled milk. Um, Please, please, please share this podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Follow me on Instagram if you aren't yet. But I am just so stinking excited for 2021. You know, I told someone the other day, I really feel like this is the year for the podcast, 2021, right? So this year in 20, in 2020, we launched the podcast. And by we, I mean me. I'm a one-man production, one-woman production right now. Um, but I launched the podcast in January of this last year, and it was 
just such a fucking blast to be able to be on the phone with these women that I was able to have conversations with. And then in July, I stopped and I just like kind of froze. You know, I think that we all go through those moments of like, is this good? Is this not good? Am I doing the right thing? Am I spending my time where I should be? Um, And just life happened. And so, you know, through the birth of this, this sweet little baby now, okay, so like in the middle of the night, I was trying to tell a story to a nurse and I mentioned that I had this podcast and she's like, what? You have a podcast? That's awesome. Now, I don't know if they like wrote it on my, my chart as a way of like, you know, interacting with me and patient care, but like four other people after that were like, so I heard you had a podcast. And then I have also been getting a lot of feedback about how people are just appreciating how raw and genuine I am on social media and what I have been sharing lately. Um, which by the way, my stuff is not a cry for help. I am really just trying to be open and talk about both sides of what's going on, the good and the bad, you know, the, the pretty and the ugly, um, the perfect picture moments and the super not perfect moments for pictures, right? Like I think that it's such bullshit. How many times have we heard, how come nobody told me, how come nobody told me, but I really have to disagree with that and say, People have been trying to tell us and maybe we're not listening. You know, as a first time mom, I know that for myself, people would try to tell me something and I would, and I literally was like so exhausted from, from just being cynical at that point in time of just like, if one more person freaking tries to tell me, just wait, or just wait until you see, or you've got this coming for you or whatever it might be. You know, it always felt like a pissing match of like, look at how shitty my life is. But what it really is, is these other moms trying to tell us, no, really, you need to wait and see, like, just wait and see, like, and and enjoy this right now. Or here's what you need to do. Um, So that's the other part of this podcast is I really want to just bring awareness to all sides of things and have conversations around some of the really crappy stuff, postpartum depression, losing a child, you know, nap time, TV time, you know, being frustrated, you know, enjoying these things, being a working mom, being a stay at home mom, you know, all these different dynamics that people quote unquote don't talk about or you don't hear about. That's what I want to be talking about. And I'm so, so, so excited. So, um, please stay tuned. I'm excited to also continue to record on my own. So I'll continue to have conversations with other moms or dads or nurses or whoever I can get on this podcast. Um, But I'll also just be doing some solo podcast episodes as well on here just to continue, continue the flow of episodes for you. So you guys, I just want to thank you. So far, we've had over 500 downloads this year. Um, I am hoping for over a thousand downloads in 2020. We'll just double it and just say, if we just keep on doing what we're doing, we'll hit a thousand by the end of 2021. Um, and maybe even more, which would be super cool too. One thing I do want to stay true to is, is you know, of course, this would be fun to like make money at, but I feel like sometimes people lose integrity of their shows or their or themselves when they do start to take money for their work. So, you know, I'm not promising I'm not going to do that, but I also want to like keep my website like ad free. I don't want all those freaking ads all over my website. Things like that. So, um 
you know, I might start like a Patreon or something like that in order to, if things end up getting crazy as far as costs and I'm needing to book um, some, but no, I'm just kidding. We'll probably never make money at this podcast. And you know what? I'm okay with that because this is really just a fun project. So, um, but thank you to everyone who's been supporting me and this podcast and, and just me as a mom, you know, all of my friends out there, like my friend friends who are on the phone with me or texting with me or on Marco Polo with me, like, thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for loving me where I am. Um, I say this all the time. It doesn't take a village to raise a baby. Uh, it takes a mom to raise a baby, but it does take a village to raise a mom. So thank you to my village. And this is a pretty great first solo episode by myself. So thank you. Thank you. I hope you have a great week. And um, I hope to get one more episode out to you before Christmas. But if that doesn't happen in my momness, I hope that you have a happy holiday season, whatever season that you're celebrating. And maybe you're not celebrating anything. And I hope that you just have a fantastic week. But I will talk to you on the next episode. Thanks, everyone.